Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios of Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw to the English Channel. I'm sitting here in Good Friday, a blessed Good Friday to everyone, uh, with Braj Balaba, our dear friend, uh, who's visiting us all the way from Los Angeles. That's a real friend. <coughs> and uh, Abhay Das Brahmacharya. And Rasika is in the other room. He'll probably pipe up sometime over the internet. Uh, yes, on this Good Friday, we're about to continue our reading of Srimad Bhagavatam together, which is basically the goal of life, to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam in the association of those with an like-minded taste uh, is the most powerful spiritual process and the most important process of devotional service along with chanting the holy name of the Lord offenselessly. So we're very fortunate to be together here tonight and I want to recite first what I always do uh, before we read sanctify the atmosphere Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lilastava by Srila Sanatana Goswami it goes like this Sarva Shastribdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Paribartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Snotsinamostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguro man mahadana, manistadaga mad bhagya, mad anandana My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadhu sadhuta dayin atini chochata kada hanamun chagadachin mam prem narit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right, we've reached the seventh chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Scheduled incarnations with specific functions. We're beginning with text 41 as Lord Brahmaji continues to enlighten Narada, his mind-born son, about the position of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Brahma is speaking. Neither I nor all the sages born before you know fully the omnipotent personality of Godhead. So what can others who were born after us know about him? Even the first incarnation of your Lord, namely Shesha, has not been able to reach the limit of such knowledge, although he is describing the qualities of the Lord with 10,000 mouths. Purport. The omnipotent personality of Godhead has primarily three potencies, namely the internal, external, and marginal potencies, with unlimited, unlimited expansions of these three energies. As such, the expansions of these potencies can never be calculated by anyone. Indeed, even the personality of Godhead himself as the incarnation of Shesha, cannot estimate these potencies, although he has been describing them continuously with his 1,000 mouths. Text 42. But anyone who was specifically, specifically favored by the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead, due to unalloyed surrender under the service of the Lord, can, un can overcome the insurmountable ocean of illusion and can understand the Lord. But those who are attached to this body, which is meant to be eaten by, at the end by dogs and jackals, cannot do so. Purport. <clears throat> the unalloyed devotees of the Lord know the glory glories of the Lord in the sense that they can understand how great the Lord is and how great His expansion of diverse energy. Those who are attached to the perishable body can hardly enter the realm of the science of Godhead. The whole materialistic world, based on the conception of the material body as the self, is ignorant of the science of God. The materialist is always busy work, working for the welfare of the material body, not only his own, but also those of his children, kinsmen, community men, countrymen, and so on. The materialists have many branches of philanthropic and altruistic activities from a political, national, and international angle of vision, but none of the field work can go beyond the jurisdiction of the misconception of identifying the material body with the spirit soul. The, unless, therefore, one is saved 
from the wrong conception of the body and soul, there is no knowledge of Godhead. And unless there is knowledge of Godhead, all advancement of material civilization, however dazzling, should be considered a failure. Text 33, 43 through 45. O Narada, although the potencies of your Lord are unknowable and immeasurable, I still know how he acts through his Yogamaya potencies. And similarly, the potencies of the Lord are also known to you, to the all-powerful Shiva, to the great king of the atheist family, namely Prahlad Maharaj, to Swayambhuvamanu, his wife Shatarupa, and his sons and daughters, namely Priyavrata, Uttanabad, Akuti, Devahuti, Prasuti, and Prasuti, to Prachinibarhi, Ribu, and Anga, the father of Vena, and to Maharaj Dhruva, Ikshwaku, Ayla, Muchukunda, Maharaj Janaka, Gadhi, Raghu, Ambarish, Sagara, Gaya, Nahusha, Mandata, Alarka, Shatadanu, Anu, Rantidev, Bhishma, Bali, Amutaraya, Amurtaraya, Dilipa, Sobari, Utkanta, Shibi, Devala, Pipalada, Saraswata, Uddhava, Parashara, Burishena, Vibhishana, Hanuman, Shukadeva Goswami, Arjuna, Arishtena, Arishtesena, Vidura, Shrutadev, and so on. Because we are all surrendered souls, we know how the Lord acts through His potencies. Purport <clears throat> All the great devotees of your Lord mentioned above who flourished in the past or flourish in the present. And all the devotees of your Lord who will come in the future are aware of the different potencies of your Lord, including the potencies of His name, qualities, pastimes, entourage, personality, and so on. And how do they know? Certainly it is not by mental speculation, nor by any attempt by dint of limited instruments of knowledge. By the limited instruments of knowledge, either the senses or the material instruments like microscopes and telescopes, one cannot even fully know the Lord's material potencies, which are manifested before, <coughs> our, which are manifested before our eyes. For example, the greatest scientists of the world are trying to reach the moon the nearest of the planets, but they have no ascertainable clue as to how to reach it. And there are many millions and billions of other planets far, far beyond the scientist's calculation. But these are 
only the manifestations of the Lord's material energy. What can the scientists hope to know of the spiritual potency of the Lord by such material efforts? Mental speculations by adding some dozens of ifs and maybes cannot aid the advancement of knowledge. On the contrary, such mental speculations will only end in despair by dismissing the case abruptly and declaring the non-existence of God. The sane person, therefore, ceases to speculate on subjects beyond the jurisdiction of his tiny brain. And as a matter of course, he tries to learn to surrender unto the Supreme Lord, who alone can lead one to the platform of real knowledge. In Upanishads, it is clearly said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead can never be known simply by working very hard and taxing the good brain. Nor can he be known simply by mental speculation and jugglery of words. The Lord is knowable only by one who is a surrendered soul. Herein, Brahmaji, the greatest of all material living beings, acknowledges this truth. Therefore, the fruitless spoiling of energy by pursuing, by pursuing the path of experimental knowledge must be given up. One should gain knowledge by surrendering unto the Lord and by acknowledging the authority of the persons mentioned herein. The Lord is unlimited and by the grace of the Yogamaya helps the surrendered soul to know Him proportionately with the advance of one surrender. Text Shiva Prabhupada Kijai. Text 46. Surrendered souls, even from the groups leading sinful lives, such as women, the laborer class, the mountaineers and the shabaras, or even the birds and beasts, can also know about the science of Godhead and become liberated from the clutches of the illusory energy by surrendering unto the pure devotees of the Lord and by following in their footsteps in devotional service. Purport Sometimes there are inquiries as to how one can surrender unto the Supreme Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita 1866, the Lord asked Arjuna to surrender unto him and therefore Persons unwilling to do so question where God is and to whom they should surrender. The answer to such questions or inquiries is given herein very properly. The personality of Godhead may not be present before one's eyes, but if one is sincere in wanting such guidance, the Lord will send a bona fide person who can guide one properly back home, back to Godhead. There is no need of material qualifications for making progress on the path of spiritual realization. In the material world, when one accepts some particular type of service, he is required to possess some particular type of qualification also. Without this, one is unfit for such service. But in the devotional service of the Lord, 
the only qualification required is surrender. Surrendering oneself is in one's own hand, and if one likes, he can surrender immediately, without delay, and thus begin his spiritual life. The bona fide representative of God is as good as God Himself, or in other words, the loving representative of the Lord is more kind and more easy to approach. A sinful soul can approach the Lord directly, but such a sinful man can very excuse me, I'll read that again. A sinful soul cannot approach the Lord directly. But such a sinful man can very easily approach a pure devotee of the Lord. And if one agrees to put himself under the guidance of such a devotee of the Lord, he can also understand the science of God and can also become like the transcendental pure devotee of the Lord and thus get his liberation back to Godhead, back home for eternal happiness. So realization of the science of Godhead and relief from the unnecessary, useless struggle for existence are not at all difficult for the willing candidate, but they are very difficult for persons who are not surrendered souls, but who simply speculate without any profit. Text 47 hmm. What is realized as the absolute Brahman is full of unlimited bliss without grief. That is certainly the ultimate phase of the Supreme Enjoyer, the Personality of Godhead. He is eternally void of all disturbances and fear. He is complete consciousness as opposed to matter. Uncontaminated and without distinctions, he is the principle of the primeval cause of all causes and effects, and in whom there is no sacrifice for fruitive activities, and before whom the illusory energy, being ashamed, does not stand. Purport. The Supreme Enjoyer, the Personality of Godhead, is the Supreme Brahman, or the Summum Bonum, because of his being the supreme cause of all causes. The conception of impersonal Brahman realization is the first step due to his distinction from the illusory conception of material existence. In other words, impersonal Brahman is a feature of the Absolute distinct from the material variegatedness, just as light is a conception distinct from its counterpart, darkness. But the light has its variegatedness, which is seen by those who further advance in the light, and thus the ultimate realization of Brahman is the source of Brahman light, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Summam Bonam, or the ultimate source of everything. Therefore, meeting the Personality of Godhead includes the realization of the impersonal Brahman as realized at first in contrast with material inebriety. The personality of Godhead is the third step of Brahman realization 
as explained in the first canto, one must understand all three features of the Absolute, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Pratibodha Matram is a conception just the opposite to that of material existence. In matter, there are material miseries, and thus in the first realization of Brahman, there is a negation of such material inebrieties, and there is a feeling of eternal existence distinct from the pangs of birth and death, disease and old age. That is the primary conception of impersonal Brahman. The Supreme Lord is the Supreme Soul of everything, and therefore in Him the Supreme Conception of Affection is realized. This conception of affection is due to the relationship of soul to soul. A father is affectionate to his son because there is some relationship of nearness between the son and the father. But that sort of affection in the material world is full of inebriety. When the personality of Godhead is met, the fullness of affection becomes manifested because of the reality of the affectionate relationship. He is not the object of affection because of some material tinges of body and mind, but he is the full, naked, uncontaminated object of affection for all living entities, because he is the Supersoul, or Paramatma, within everyone's heart. The liberated state of affairs, the full-fledged attraction for the Lord is awakened. As such, there is an unlimited flow of everlasting happiness without any fear of its being broken as we experience here in the material world. The relationship with the Lord is never broken. Thus there is no grief and no fear. Such happiness is inexplicable by words and there can be no possibility of generating such happiness by fruitive activities. Being spontaneous, such happiness cannot be acquired through careful arranged fruitive sacrifices. But we must also know that this happiness, the unbroken happiness exchanged with the Supreme Person, the Personality of Godhead, as described in this verse, transcends the impersonal conception of the Upanishads. In the Upanishads, the description is more or less a negation of the material conception of things. But this is not a denial of the transcendental senses of the Supreme Lord. Herein, the Lord's transcendental senses are affirmed by the word Shudham, uncontaminated, which indicates that the senses of the Personality of Godhead are not made of material elements, but are, all <clears throat> but are all transcendental, free from any contamination of material identification. And the liberated souls who possess spiritual senses, oh, and the liberated souls also possess spiritual senses. Both the Supreme Lord and the liberated souls must have senses. Otherwise, there could not be any reciprocation of unhampered 
spiritual happiness exchanged between them in spontaneous, unbroken joy. All the senses, both of the Lord and of the devotees, are without material contamination. They are so because they are beyond the material cause and effects, as clearly mentioned herein, sadasatak param. The illusory material energy cannot work there, being ashamed before the Lord and His transcendental devotees. In the material world, the sense activities are not without grief, but here it is clearly said that the senses of the Lord and the devotees are without any grief. There is a distinct difference between the material and spiritual senses, and one should understand, and one should understand it without denying the spiritual senses because of a material conception. The senses in the material world are surcharged with material ignorance. In every way, the authorities have recommended purification of the senses from the material conception. In the material world, the senses are manipulated for individual and personal satisfaction, whereas in the spiritual world, the senses are properly used for the purpose for which they were originally meant, namely, the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord. Such sensual activities are natural, and therefore, sense gratification there is uninterrupted, uninterrupted, and unbroken by material contamination, because the senses are spiritually purified. And such satisfaction of the senses is equally shared by the transcendental reciprocators. Since the activities are unlimited and constantly increasing, there is no scope for material attempts or artificial arrangements. Such happiness of transcendental quality is called Brahmasokyam, which will be clearly described in the fifth canto. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 48. In such a transcendental state, there is no need of artificial control of the mind, mental speculation, or meditation, as performed by the jnanis and yogis. One gives up such processes, as the heavenly king Indra foregoes the trouble of digging a well. Purport A poor man, in want of water, undertakes the trouble of digging a well. Similarly, those who are poor in transcendental realization speculate with the mind or meditate by controlling the senses. But they do not know that such control of the senses and achievement of spiritual perfection are simultaneously made possible as soon as one is factually engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Supreme Person, the Personality of Godhead. It is for this reason that the great liberated souls desire to associate for hearing and chanting the activities of the Lord. The example of Indra is very appropriate 
in this connection. King Indra of Heaven is the controlling deity or demigod for arranging clouds and supplying rains in the universe. And as such, he does not have to take the trouble to dig a well for his personal water supply. For him, digging a well for a water supply is simply ludicrous. Similarly, those who are factually engaged in the loving service of the Lord have attained the ultimate goal of life. And for them, there is no need of mental speculation to find out the true nature of God or His activities. Nor do such devotees have to meditate upon the imaginary or real identity of the Lord. Because they are factually engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, the Lord's pure devotees have already achieved the results of mental speculation and meditation. The real perfection of life is therefore to be engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Text 49 The Personality of Godhead is the supreme master of everything auspicious because the results of whatever actions are performed by the living being in either the material or spiritual existence are awarded by the Lord. As such, he is the ultimate benefactor. Every individual living entity is unborn and therefore, even after the annihilation of the material elementary body, the living entity exists exactly like the sky within the body. Beautiful verse. Purport. The living entity is unborn and eternal <clears throat> and as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 2.30, the living entity is not exhausted even though the material elementary body is vanquished. As long as the living entity is in material existence, Actions performed by him are rewarded in the next life or even in the present life. Similarly, in his spiritual life also, the Lord rewards his actions by giving him the five kinds of liberation. Even the impersonalist cannot achieve the desired merging into the existence of the Supreme without being favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 4.11 that the Lord awards results according to what one desires in one's present life. The living entities are given freedom to make their choice and the Lord awards them accordingly. It is the duty of everyone, therefore, to worship devoutly only the Personality of Godhead to achieve His desired goal. The impersonalist, instead of speculating or meditating, can directly execute the routine devotional service of the Lord and thus easily obtain the desired goal. The devotees, however, are naturally inclined to become associates of the Lord and not merge into the spiritual existence as conceived by the impersonalist. The devotees, therefore, following their constitutional instincts 
achieve the desired goal of becoming servitors, friends, fathers, mothers, or conjugal lovers of the Lord. The devotional service of the Lord involves nine transcendental processes, such as hearing and chanting. And by performing such easy and natural devotional services, the devotees achieve the highest perfectional results, far, far superior to merging into the existence of Brahman. The devotees are therefore never advised to indulge in speculating upon the nature of the Supreme or artificially meditating on the void. One should not, however, mistakenly think, mistakenly think that after the annihilation of this present body, there is no body by which one can associate with the Lord face to face. The living entity is unborn. It is not that he is manifest with the creation of the material body. On the other hand, it is true that the material body develops only by the desire of the living entity. The evolution of the material body is due to the desires of the living being. In other words, according to the desires of the living being, the material body develops. So from the spirit soul, the material body comes into existence, generated from the living force. Since the living being is eternal, he exists just like the sky within the body. Sky is within and without the body. Therefore, when the eternal covering, when the external covering, the material body is vanquished, the living spark, like the sky within the body, continues to exist. And by the direction of the Lord, because He is the ultimate benefactor, the living entity is at once awarded the necessary spiritual body befitting His association with the Lord in the manner of sarupya, features equal to the Lord's. Salokya, facility to live on the same planet as the Lord. Sarshti, possession of opulence equal to the Lord's. And Samipya, personal association with the Lord. The Lord is so kind that even if a devotee of the Lord cannot fulfill the complete course of devotional service, unalloyed and uncontaminated, by material association, he is given another chance in the next life by being awarded a birth in the family of a devotee or rich man, so that without being engaged in the struggle for material existence, the devotee can finish the remaining purification of his existence, and thus, immediately after relinquishing the present body, go back home, back to Godhead. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. In this connection, detailed information is available in the Bhagavad Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami's Prabhupada. Jiva Goswami Prabhupada. One achieving the spiritual existence, once achieving the spiritual existence, the devotee is eternally situated there, as already discussed in the previous verse. Text 50. My dear son, I have now explained in brief the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the creator of the manifested worlds. Without him, Hari, 
the Lord, there are no other causes of the phenomenal and nominal existences. Purport Since we generally have the experience of the temporary material world and conditioned souls trying to lord it over the material worlds, Brahmaji explained to Narada Dev that this temporary world is the work of the external potency of the Lord and that the conditioned souls struggling here for existence are the marginal potency of the Supreme Lord, the Personality of Godhead. There is no cause for all these phenomenal activities but Him, Hari, the Supreme Lord, who is the primeval cause of all causes. This does not mean, however, that the Lord Himself is distributed impersonally. He is aloof from all these interactions of the external and marginal potencies. All these inter interactions of the external and marginal potencies. He is aloof, let me say that again. He is aloof from all these interactions of the external and marginal potencies. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.4, it is confirmed that by his potencies alone, he is present everywhere and anywhere. Everything that is manifested rests on his potency only. But he, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is always aloof from everything. The potency and the potent are simultaneously one and different from one another. One should not deprecate the Supreme Lord for the creation of this miserable world, just as one should not blame the king for creating a prison house in the government. The prison house is a necessary institution of the governmental establishment for those who are disobedient to the laws of the government. Similarly, this material world, full of miseries, is a temporary creation of the Lord for those who have forgotten Him and are trying to lord it over the false manifestation. He, however, is always anxious to get the fallen souls back home, back to Godhead. And for this, He has given so many chances to the conditioned souls via the authoritative scriptures, His representatives, and personal incarnations also. Since He has no direct attachment for this material world, He is not to be blamed for His creation. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Idang Bhagavatam Nama Yan Me Bhagavatam Sangraho Yam Vibhuti Nam Twame Tad Vipuli Kuru O Narda, this science of God, Srimad Bhagavatam, was spoken to me in summary by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and it was spoken as the accumulation of his diverse potencies. Please expand this science yourself. Purport The Bhagavatam, in a nutshell, 
spoken by the personality of Godhead in about a half in about half a dozen verses, which will appear ahead, is the science of God. And it is the potent representation of the personality of Godhead. He, being absolute, is non-different from the science of God, Srimad Bhagavatam. Brahmaji received this science of Godhead from the Lord directly, and he handed over the same to Narada, who in turn ordered Srila Vyasadeva to expand it. So the transcendental knowledge of the Supreme Lord is not mental speculation by the mundane wranglers, but is uncontaminated, eternal, perfect knowledge beyond the jurisdiction of the material modes. The Bhagavad Purana is therefore the direct incarnation of the Lord in the form of transcendental sound. And one should receive this transcendental knowledge from the bona fide representative of the Lord in the chain of disciplic succession from the Lord to Brahmaji, from Brahmaji to Narada, from Narada to Vyas, from Vyasadeva to Shukadeva Goswami, from Shukadeva Goswami to Sutta Goswami, and so on. The ripened fruit of the Vedic desire tree drops from one hand to another without being broken by falling suddenly from a high branch down to the earth. Therefore, unless one hears the science of Godhead from the bona fide representative of the disciplic succession, as above mentioned, for one to, to, for one to understand the theme of the science of Godhead will be a difficult job. It should never be heard from the professional Bhagavatam reciters who earn their livelihood by gratifying the senses of the audience. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. We must be about the end of the chapter, no? How many verses are there? Two more verses only. Well, it's 8.05, believe it or not. So we're going to stop here and we'll finish this chapter tomorrow. And we will wait for the assembled sages to share their reflections with us so we can hold them up to the light and relish them. Something from Braj Balaba. Braj Balaba. First off the block. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Balaba. So we read in the purport to text 50, second paragraph, one should not deprecate the Supreme Lord for the creation of this miserable world, <laughs> just as one should not blame the king for creating a prison house in the government. The prison house is a necessary institution of the governmental establishment for those who are disobedient to the laws of the government. Uh, I, I found this part of the purport to be spot on because it seems when in regular material society when people don't get the, <coughs> get what they want or some so-called turn bad thing happens they immediately blame god immediately how could god do this to me why he's doing this to me what did how I? how can there be a god oh that's the next step that's the next that's the last there's step. no god then everything's god's fault Prabhupada uh, used the example sometimes when a prisoner 
gets put in the jail, he takes his cup and, you know, yeah. to, to protest the facilities or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And that's like the conditioned soul. He decided to come here, thought nonsense, did nonsense, and now he's complaining about the facilities. It's untoward. It's it's not nice. Yeah. It's it's cheating. Well, one thing it one thing I was thinking is that it um, completely abandons the idea of personal responsibility. That's it. You hit the nail on the head. That's the purpose of the whole thing. Just to allow the conditioned souls to not think that uh, they're responsible. Until you actually accept the responsibility and surrender to Krishna again, you cannot be happy here in this material world. It's not possible. And we heard very clearly that there is no material amelioration for the miseries of the material world. In other words, you can't solve the miseries by another material activity or thought. Can't do this through the time. They just create more reactions and complications. <laughs> Yikes. That's not good. Okay, Hare Krishna. Thank, Thank you, you very much for that re reflection so much. Nice. First is from Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Ho. It's Good Friday indeed. Mmm. Shoo, well said, I might add. And from Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Mmm. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees. All good days in hearing the glories of Lord. Mm. The daily panacea of Maharaja's reading service of Srila Prabhupada's yeah. books. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. She's giving me credit for nothing. All and I'm doing is reading. And we the lucky souls. What? And we the lucky souls. <laughs> me the lucky soul. And from Bhakta Christopher. Hey Bhakta Chris. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. And from Subarao Rajagopal. Yes, Subarao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily reading service of glorious Srila Prabhupada's books. Question. Why does Brahma say through Bhagavatam that women are part of the groups leading sinful lives? How do we reconcile this that even many men are also leading sinful life? Thanks. How do you reconcile it? Well, the material nature is created in a certain way. And the, na the law of nature is 
that the woman is like fire and the man is like butter. So when the fire, when the butter comes in contact with the fire, it melts. That's a law of nature in every species of life. So therefore, even though it may not be so nice to hear, it is the basic principle of material existence. And generally, the uh, woman is the source of the agitation of man to go for it and create sinful activities. Therefore, it must be done according to the, to, to the spiritual laws of nature, which is the Daivi Varnashram system, and then they, the woman becomes above that sinful life and can go back to Godhead. So the point is not to be disturbed by one word, but put it in, context, in context with the rest of the philosophy. Mami parta pipasritu ye pisu papijodinya striyo vaishas tatashudras tipiyanti param gatim. So the women are definitely categorized in lower position than whom? The next verse. What to speak of the Brahmins and saintly kings? So, along with the women are what? Shudras and Vaishyas. And now there's practically nothing but women and Shudras and Vaishyas in the material world. There's no Brahmins, no Chatriyas. Therefore, it's categorized as such. But whatever category you're in, you can step up and go back to Godhead. Therefore, there's no reason to lament for being in that position. As a matter of fact, Lord Chaitanya, it says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that Lord Chaitanya's mercy naturally flows down towards the most fallen. And therefore in Kali Yuga you will see in the churches, in the mosques, in the temples, who are there mostly? Older women. Think about it. So because the women may be categorized in a lower category, they have this natural tendency to be able to to feel and and uh, what's the word respond to devotion. That's how we reconcile it, Hare Krishna. And if a woman becomes a pure Vaishnava, she's beyond the category, beyond that category. So the solution is not to become lamenting because I'm a Shudra, which everybody in the Kali Yuga is born as Shudra. Kalo, Shudra, Sambhava. Everyone in the material world is born as Shudra, therefore in the same category as, as the woman, and therefore there's no reason to lament as one being superior to the other. But this Christian consciousness is meant for everyone, including the lower categories of human beings. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. He says, thank you for reading this evening, Maharaj. Something that stood out for me tonight is that one cannot approach the Lord directly, but one can easily approach his devotees. Associating with devotees mm. is mm. so integral, approaching mm. Krishna. Mm. 
How can we make sure we are associating with devotees in the proper way that is pleasing to Krishna? Thank you. How can you make sure you're associating with devotees in a way that is pleasing with Krishna? Associate with pure devotees. Associate with devotees that are in line of the spiritual authority and follow the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita yourself. Apply the instructions yourself. And then you will be, as it's described in the Gita itself, the knowledge that comes from accepting the knowledge from the Gita with submission. And that's why we heard again and again in our reading this tonight that the main thing is surrender. You have to surrender to Krishna. If you actually surrender to Krishna, then all of these things are revealed to you from within your heart by the pleasure of Krishna. Therefore, you can know that you're doing it properly because you'll be satisfied. You won't be restless and you'll feel comfortable in the spiritual atmosphere. And if you don't feel comfortable in the spiritual atmosphere, then you have a ways to go and you have to analyze according to Shastra, according to the instructions of the spiritual master, according to the company and Sangha of, of pure Vaishnavas who are following the principles and following the line of, of, of authority and action, uh, you will feel satisfied. You will be satisfied. You will know it. You know, you know when you're satisfied. Just like when you eat food, when you get to a certain point, you don't eat more it's unless you're a dog. And then the dog just keeps eating as long as you give it to him. But a human being, when he eats enough, he's satisfied. And the server always says, no, 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 take more, take more. No, sir, I can't eat anymore. That's because he knows. Hare Krishna. And this is from Gopi Ramana in Wales. Gopi Ramana, Hare Krishna. He says, Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Tonight it stood out that the perfection of life is to engage in devotional service to the Lord. Sometimes it doesn't seem so straightforward. Well, stop speculating, and it will. As long as you try to guess, you know, then you will, it, it won't be straightforward. I mean, I know that sounds simplistic, and it sounds, I don't know, too easy or whatever, but it's the truth. If it sounds, what was the word he used? Not so straightforward then try to understand that you're not so straightforward. It's not that the scriptures are not straightforward. We're not straightforward. Therefore, one of the first lessons of Rupa Goswami is to be straightforward in your ordinary dealings. You be straightforward in your early ordinary dealings with others and particularly with Vaishnavas and even more particularly with your spiritual master and then you will become corrected. But people who don't want to be corrected, who want to use the power or the influence that comes from 
from having more knowledge than others and uses that knowledge to control others and manipulate others, then they don't get the desired results. It can't be straightforward because they're trying to get something for themselves. That's why when a little baby, a little toddler comes to you, like you're a guest in a person's house, and a little toddler comes to you to give you something, like a little leaf or some rock that they were playing with or something like that, valueless. But they come and, oh, here, this piece, you take this for you, it's for you. Your, your heart immediately opens to receive it. Because there's no, you can see it's pure. There's no, there's no manipulation. There's no, what in it, what's in it for me? Therefore, when Good Friday, so Jesus said, you must become as if, a little, as if a little child entered the kingdom of God. That means to be simple and straightforward, like a, like a child, and free from sex desire. Children don't have sex desire. Toddlers. So if you're still contaminated, as all, practically everyone is in this material world, there's a verse in the Gita that says, no one from Brahma down to the ant is free from the influence of material modes. Everyone has to experience the modes that while you're here to one degree or another. But a, but a devotee, as long as you're in a material body, according to the 70th, chap, 70th verse of the second chapter, Apuyamana machala pratishtam samudramapa pravashanti yadvat tadvat kamam yam pravashanti sarve sashantim apnoti nakama kami. When you're in a material body, material desires enter constantly. Every time you look at something, taste something, smell something, see something, hear something, it all enters into the mind and creates a factory to create material desires. So therefore, desires are always coming into the mind while you're in the material world. But the devotee stays full, just like when the, when the rivers flow into the ocean, especially in the rainy season, it, more and more water comes, but it stays more or less full, you know. I mean, sometimes there are floods or something like that, or maybe the, the water level is raising now because of the melting of the ice caps, you know, Antarctic and Arctic, but, but in general, the, the, the ocean stays steady. So the devotee stays steady because of his fullness he feels in Krishna consciousness. And therefore, even when the desires come, they're not inclined to chase after them. Therefore, therefore they become satisfied and peaceful and happy. Hare Krishna. This is from Goranga Gopal. Jai Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. It says at the end of verse 48 purport, Quote, the real perfection of life is therefore to be engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Unquote. And by so doing, Krishna from within our heart 
reveals knowledge of his absolute nature, being the source of everything, even Lord Brahma, by dispelling the darkness of ignorance by which we are fully covered in this body. This whole sequence of Srimad Bhagavatam sounds very much like the four main verses of chapter 10 in the Bhagavad Gita. It is nice seeing the connection. Yes, it's very nice to see the connections between the verses within the scripture and between the scriptures, especially the, the Gita and the Bhagavatam. And then the Chaitanya Charitamrita puts all of those verses together in the text itself. In the text itself of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you will find Bhagavad Gita verses sprinkled throughout, Bhagavatam verses, verses sprinkled throughout, Puranic, Ishupanic verses, Rasa Shastra, it's all there and, and put together in a way that ties the whole thing together and takes you to the conclusion, pure love for Krishna, for Radha and Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for patiently reading this supreme truth to all of us. I am a restless butterfly, always distracted by my flickering mind, even during these readings. But sometimes by your mercy and the mercy of the Lord I hear something wonderful. Tonight it was this quote from the purport of text 47. The Supreme Lord is the supreme soul of everything, and therefore in the supreme conception, affection is realized. The conception of affection is due to the relationship of soul to soul. A father... This is really, she really nailed it tonight. Rati, you really nailed it tonight. You took out the essence Go ahead. A father is affectionate to his son because there is some relationship of nearness between the son and the father. But that sort of affection in the material world is full of limitations. When the personality of Godhead is met, the fullness of affection becomes manifested because of the reality of the affectionate relationship. He is not the object of affection by material tinges of body and mind. Mm. but he is the full, naked, uncontaminated object of affection for all living entities There you go. because he is the super-soul or paramatma within everyone's heart. In the liberated state of affairs, the full-fledged affection for the Lord is awakened. Unquote. It is so wonderful for my weary heart to know that there is full affection between the Lord and his devotees. In the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. Rati, that was about the best reflection we've had so far, and it was it's spot on. You nailed it. Thank you. Hare Krishna. That's what we're all looking for. And that's why all the very popular songs they end up saying, Love, love, love. We're looking for love and you know, love makes the world go whatever it is, mm -hmm. everyone knows it, but they don't they're looking in the wrong place. Therefore, it is said by Prabhupada time and time again, everyone is looking for Krishna. They just don't know it yet. And it's our duty to show them that. You want to be guru? Easy. Just read the Gita, 
learn it and repeat it without changing it to others. Period. Hare Krishna. I'll tell you, it's getting better and better, just like Rasika Shirmani always says. It just keeps getting better and better. Just when you think it get get any better, it gets better. Thank all of you very much for your lovely hearing and your lovely hearts and for your selection of your reflections and the comments. It's just all lovely. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabhira Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as Lord Brahma continues to enlighten Narada Muni. And it's going to keep going even to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. Lucky us. See you tomorrow. <laughs>